This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have one of my PR tips friends all the way from South Africa, Joe Bird, to be exact. I have Melissa Mulangna, and she is the owner, founder of PR Trends ZA. Melissa, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Kellen, thanks for having me. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, and I'm so excited to be able to talk about all things PR. Um, and, you know, a lot of folks have questions because people don't always know, you know, what's PR, what's not PR. But then when you talk about doing it internationally, people always think there's going to be some other like written rules or if there are different ways of doing business, um, you know, it's being able to adapt. So I'm happy to have you on here just to have a conversation about what PR is and where it's going. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here having this conversation and it's true um you know there's a lot of um there are a lot of changes uh, happening within the space within the sector i mean um just from a technology perspective technology is, is changing how we do business a lot um and the practice of pr but uh, finding ourselves in this pandemic has has definitely added a new dimension to how we work yes yes and you know, how has PR been impacted in South Africa? Because here, PR, sometimes if people like lose a client or lose a budget, PR from government to corporate can be the first thing they cut. Tesla is an example of that. You know, Tesla canceled their PR department in America. Um, so how has it impacted you in South Africa? So for us, it's been, uh, I mean, from the working with business and technology, there's been kind of an increase in activity from that side. Um, it's also been a really, really great tool right now um, for government to use around uh, information on the pandemic, making sure that people have access to information in language that they can access. And also because we've got so many different audience segments, right? So we've got people in very rural, deep rural areas. It's been important that PR people are involved in creating um, custom messages for all these different groups. So I think for us, it's been on the rise. And also one other dimension that way it's been on the rise is around in the political arena, um, there's been a lot of conversation around corruption, a lot of people, um, you know, getting arrested lately, a lot of embattled, embattled politicians who are trying to, um, to kind of sanitize their images in, in the media. So there's been quite a lot of different activity for, uh, for PR people, um, you know, during this time. Okay, okay. And I mean, it's a, it's a difficult time, you know, around the world for, for, you know, everybody's having to adjust, but Africa has not been hit like we have been hit. I mean, for the whole continent, um, you know, we, we double and triple the amount of deaths for our, our one country. So um, 
are, are people even, you know, wearing masks out there? Is it mandated? You know, I know the lockdown was something serious, especially in yeah. the townships. I mean, give us kind of a, a glimpse of what it looks like in South Africa. So, uh, so we've been through five levels of lockdown. Uh, in the beginning, it was really like a hard lockdown where there was very minimal activity in terms of people not being able to go to work. Um, shopping hours were limited. There was no church. Uh, the way um, you know we conduct our funerals and gatherings that was like severely, severely limited. We had a curfew, um, so only for essential work. If you weren't an essential worker, you had to have a very good explanation as to why you were um, you were outside uh, outside of certain times. Um, you know, like even like delivery services were limited. I know where I live um, in the complex that I live in, we had restrictions on visitors. So you couldn't have visitors coming in to see you. Deliveries, uh, you know, you still have to pick them up at the security point. Um, so it was quite it was quite hectic in that way, which also then meant that a lot of people were online a lot, trying to kind of make that transition. A lot of businesses suffered because a lot of physical like events were canceled. A lot of conferences were were canceled. A lot of offices had to close down because people were now working from home. So there was quite a, a huge a thing around that. Um, also, our famous alcohol ban happened during that time. Alcohol and cigarettes were banned during that time. Um, so it was an interesting time to see how those brands managed to keep themselves alive during this time. So there were a lot of changes in that way. People are respecting the masks. I mean, we, we're wearing masks everywhere, even though now the economy has opened up a bit. We've moved from level five in March to now in November, we are on level one, which literally means that the economy is opened. Uh, certain country, people can now even fly um, internally within the country and also outside into the continent. Um, so there is some little bit of movement. Uh, we are going out, people are hosting parties, um, but also people are also hosting a lot of illegal gatherings still. Recently, our South African police service um, closed down a couple of illegal clubs because even though the, the curfew has been extended, people still want to be out till later than the curfew. The curfew is up until midnight, but people are still wanting to party until, you know, the sun comes up. So the police, they're keeping the police busy in that way. But um, everywhere you go, it's a mask. You have to sanitize when you come into the mall, when you come into a restaurant, any establishment, um, they're required by law to have... Um, to have um, uh, masks and sanitizers um, on entry. Even our courts have changed a little bit. A lot of virtual hearings that are happening. Our parliament is still working virtually, um, kind of like on low capacity physical meetings. So yeah, so we're still um, kind of wary of a second wave because our infection rate hasn't gone down completely. Okay. And, and, you know, all this negative, I, personally, you know, we've seen an increase in, uh, in business. More businesses have needed our help. We just don't do PR. We do consulting as well. 
and you know we, we we're quite technical over here so we like to solve problems but have you been able to capitalize and say you know what one i can go up on my price now because so many i'm so sought after um and have the government reached out to you because there's a different message every day and no, they, nobody was really ready for them. Yeah. So, uh, so from our side, one of the ways, um, immediate ways we were able to capitalize on it was to encourage clients to still host events virtually. So which meant that we could still, um, you know, host events and do PR around those events, especially events that are related to COVID, etc. And yes, so we've also worked with a lot of nonprofits to try and create uh, messages. And also we are crisis communicators. So this was like a perfect ideal time uh, for us. Um, one area is obviously the nonprofits that we worked with, um, the UN agencies in South Africa. We're doing a lot of work with the South African National AIDS Council. So um, yeah, so we built, we built some new brands during this time so you can just imagine the amount of work um, that went into that. Um, and thirdly, a lot of businesses uh, who were not relying on their digital presence before uh, now had to kind of put more emphasis on making sure they are standing out above uh, their competitors because the only way customers could find them was um, online. Um, so there was a lot of work on that end, trying to help customers launch new products. A lot of a lot of clients didn't even have e-commerce before, so a lot of people were launching new uh, products during this time. So it's been busy on those three fronts. If I can, if I can summarize it. Okay, awesome. I, I love to hear that you have been able to. You know, um, it, it's another level. And people actually get to see why they need uh, thinkers like us, which I think a lot of times, you know, people say, oh, that's extra until you have a crisis. You need somebody who can, you know, help you with that. Now, for the folks who are, you know, inspiring to get into PR, can you give, you know, some ranges? I love talking money because a lot of times I find we uh, give ourselves evaluation and what we say we want, and it's very low. And sometimes clients will only say, I only have this. You may love the client, you may uh, love the project, but you know, the price is the price, so you can be able to pay for things. And you know, um, can you talk about the money aspect on how that works for you, how you onboard a client, what ranges you have? So somebody right now listening, thinking about taking $100, for our end, you know, we actually have people who will say, oh, I'm going to do it for $100. And it's like, huh? Then they say, I'm going to do it for $500. And I know currency, you know, the valuation is different because for $100, what I can buy in South Africa is different than what I could buy here. But that's still a low amount of money for the yeah. time that's put in. So can you educate the audience on in South Africa what these prices in Rand, you know, we don't, we're not, we don't have to talk dollars in Rand. Um, even if they want to reach out to you, how much they should be looking at spending per month? So, um, so we have some guidelines with 
the South African Freelancers Association. So they give some guidelines around um, how a person can um, can start uh, pricing. So you'll get on average uh, for um, an experienced PR consultant, you can expect to pay anything between 850 Rand an hour upwards um, for uh, your hourly rate. So that can easily work out to what, um, you know, per month uh, on retainer, you probably, um, for minimal, like two or three placements a month, you're probably looking at about, what, 15,000 a month. Um, so depending on obviously the experience of the, of the consultant, some people do it for much less. Um, and also depending on the kind of turnaround people want, because some people will say, you know, they want everything now to happen quickly, or they call, I mean, for us in crisis, people will call over a weekend or expect you to do work on a Sunday. Um, that means obviously then the rate would double because of the nature of, of the crisis and also some of the additional work that might need to be done. So for some crisis situations, you need to gather certain experts outside of PR who will, uh, who will work. For example, some clients might need legal as well. They might need forensic investigators sometimes. So there are all those external costs that they need to, they need to consider. But yeah, from a very kind of like, mid-level you're looking at about 850 an hour okay no that that that's that's good and i i did you know you said fifteen thousand rand a month so that's about 949 dollars I'm, I'm glad i know that because when we do when we are allowed to come into south africa i've had to reschedule one trip now it looks like our trip to february possibly you know south africa May or may not let us in. We're going to see. But um, when we come, I definitely... The U.S., no way. We can't. You're coming from a hot spot. <laughs> Look, you say you don't even want us. Say, stay home. <laughs> look, look. If we can connect like this online, let's keep it here. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. My wife would agree with you, too, because she sees it in the hospital. Like, you know, people here think it's a hoax, but she's like, they need to come work at the hospital for one day. But um, yeah, so it looks like we're going to have to reschedule. But when we do go, I will definitely be hitting you up saying, look, this is what we want to do. Um, we want to have a client go on TV. And, you, you have know, to. You have to. Yeah. So, so, you know, did you, were you a trained journalist or was PR something you kind of stumbled? So um, in university, uh, my undergrad, I studied international relations in media with an interest in TV news production. Um, and I went on to my first entry into work was actually working for magazines, business publications. So I was writing and researching for magazines, 
freelancing for lifestyle publications, women's magazines, etc. My main interest was really just writing and creating content at the time. I did not realize that I could go into like a whole career in PR because when I was in university, PR was not seen as, you know, a kind of like a serious business um, area, area of business that you could go into. Um, so I worked for magazines for about two, three years uh, straight out of varsity. And while I was in between jobs, I was um, listed with a recruiting agency and they gave me an assignment at a PR agency. Uh, the assignment was supposed to have been for three months. I started there as a junior um, account exec. And that was my first taste in PR and was mostly corporate clients um, and some government departments that um, we worked with there. And while I was there, I then this, this whole world of public, public relations opened up for me. But I've always been a student of journalism. Even while I was working in PR, I've continued to study um, journalism. So I moved from the PR agency to corporate. Um, so I worked in healthcare, private healthcare administrators, companies who build technology to manage uh, medical um, insurance. Um, so that was a whole other world that also introduced me to technology, communications, and obviously a little bit more PR. Um, yes, and then I spent about 10 years in corporates. Um, and then I worked for a trade union. Uh, after the trade union, I really needed a break from, from PR. Um, and I took a short break, but you know, you can never really leave PR. And then I started consulting on my own and I've been consulting on my own for about seven years now. Awesome. So you too do PR and consulting for your company. Biggest area of focus is around our biggest area for companies usually come to us when they need strategy around whether it is uh, launching a product, whether it is um, wanting to position, whether it is wanting to rebrand, um, or whether it is wanting to build a crisis communication, or just being a little bit more proactive around um, how they position themselves in the market. So we will do that. And we also do uh, PR campaigns um, where we obviously just basically uh, try and get people media coverage. Okay. And I, and I asked that because um, I got into the consulting piece, um, you know, many moons ago because one of my team members said that's outside of the scope of PR. You're more consulting than anything for this particular client. And I always, you know, and tell me if you agree, I don't think a public relations firm can do the client, you know, I can't just put you on TV. There's some type of consulting or strategy we have to put in play that is going to go above just PR and above the onboarding because you could get a client on, you know, 30 placements in a month. It doesn't necessarily move the needle for the client. It doesn't mean they're going to sell more books, but you have to explain so much to them that somehow goes into 
their marketing. And if they don't know anything about that, now I'm spending time teaching you about marketing and advertising. So would you agree that every PR agency and firm, you know, should, you know, consider themselves consultants? Because I, it probably was seven years where I'm just like, oh, I do PR. That's all I do. And I'm almost 20 yeah. years no, absolutely. I mean, I think it's impossible to say, you know, it's impossible to to just say, you know, I'm going to get you placements. Um, the first place I always start is, you know, where's your business going? How does this fit into your business so that there is a clear strategy in place? Um, I always decline projects where people insist on, we just want media coverage, uh, where I don't understand how this makes a difference in the business in the long run. I mean, I try as hard as possible to, to tie the PR effort to the bottom line, because I think we've had a very bad reputation around, you know, people saying, we don't understand the return on investment, you know, how does this fit into the business? So to draw a very clear line between, um, you know, what the PR strategy should be and how it links to the business's actual goals. So that at the end of the day, you're able to say, this is what we wanted to achieve uh, versus, um, you know, what the outcome is at the end. Because like you say, you can get people 30 uh, placements in a month, um, it doesn't mean anything if it's not linked to a strategy. Okay. And what about, you know, you have your PR company, a lot of times clients will come and, you know, for what they want, you'll have to give them a much higher invoice as you, as you spoke about, higher than, you know, 15,000 Rand. And they say, you know, I don't have it. Have you been able to um, acquire any businesses or, or have any partnerships with companies that you really, you know, like? And you say, look, I could do this for a discount, but I'm going to take a part of your business. And I ask you that because most public relations specialists are so multifaceted that they have another business on the side or other interests that make them money. So share all of that, you know, if Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I do one of two things. Um, so based on, I'll give you what uh, you can afford, right? So if we're saying um, minimum 15,000 will get you a couple of placements and you have less than that, that means you'll get less placements then if that's what you can afford. So, um, and also obviously it would make other recommendations around ways of PRing a business based on what they have. Sometimes if you don't have that amount of money, maybe we should focus on social media because then on social media, we can help you to build a presence and, and, and through that attract media attention, right? So, which means you're building from a, you know, a bit of a lower base, but we can get you there because we know we've got those contacts um, via, via, via social media. So we've been very successful with uh, trying like different creative ways of making that happen. Um, and yes, on the other hand, um, we have had situations where a client really has an amazing product or a service 
and at the time they can't afford to pay the full amount, we either obviously go on a profit share or equity in, in, in the other business. And sometimes it's only for a certain period of time to make sure that we can recoup our investment as well into, into the business. So yes, you, as, you, as you rightly put it, um, we often as PR people were very restless beings with lots of interest in different things. And has any of those uh, companies, I'm being a little nosy in asking this, but have any of those companies, you know, really hit off where you're like, you know what, maybe there's a royalty check that comes in every month and you're like, if I ever wanted to take a month off, I wouldn't even have to think twice about it. Or that was such a great choice that I made to work with this person because a lot of times, you know, you want to say no because you don't have the money. And a lot of folks have told people no, where then they become like Tesla, they become like Uber. And, you know, folks are like, only if I would have got in at the, the, the start. So have any of those companies, you know, really hit it off? There is one that has hit it off, but I don't think I can just drop work immediately at the moment. But there is one that is growing nicely. Well, let's be a little more nosy and, and tell me, you know, what this company was. I, I, I must know. I need to know. Like <laughs> Anthony. I, I'm not able to speak about it at this point in time, but trust, there is one out there that's doing really well. Okay, so she's going to tell me off camera, you guys, and then maybe like three episodes from now, then I will, you know, mention this great company. Maybe I'll have the owner on since I know you and we'll do it like No that. doubt. No so, doubt. No, that's, uh, no, I, I got you. I got you. So no. I, well, okay. Since you can't talk about the company, how it, you know, and again, we're doing this for teaching purposes because I can so, tell people I get royalty, you know, type checks or you know, money that's just coming in from investments that I've done in the past. But how does that work? Is it a monthly check? Is it a quarterly check? Did you invest just time and money? What did you what did you do? So in the South African environment, what is working out really well is that um, as a woman in business, there are a lot of opportunities that are directed at women in business. So in this particular business, we are a group of women who came together to give the different skills that we have to make the business work and also use the fact that we are women to get access to finance, to it's a manufacturing business. So to grow, and that means quite a big capital outlay. So, um, so we pulled our profiles as a group in order for us to be able to to get access to finance uh, for the manufacturing um, uh, uh, space and equipment uh, for, for the business. So, um, yeah, so at the moment, uh, the, um, the income is really split over every second quarter um, because most of us are also still reinvesting some of the money back into the business because we're trying to build it. Um, yeah, so this is a client I met about three, four years ago, um, worked with her to do the initial PR for the business for the first 18 months. And then after that, um, 
I said to her, look, when she couldn't afford it, I said, I'm still, I love the brand. I love what it stands for. Let's continue. Um, this will be my uh, contribution. Um, yeah. And we're still there almost four years later. Awesome. I love to hear stories like that. And that will help, you know, other folks, um, young and those who have been struggling in this field, because, you know, at least here in America, you can go to school for something and then you find yourself, you know, working at Starbucks. And I know the same thing in, in Africa because, you know, Cameroon alone has taxicab drivers, English speaking ones, especially with PhDs, but that's more of governance. And I've seen it also in, you know, South Africa as well. So, it, you know, it, to be able to do this field, make a living, um, then also be able to acquire other businesses. I think it's a real blessing and we have to be able to yeah. share that. You know, my whole platform is to show entrepreneurs how to start, sustain and succeed in business. And so that's a beautiful thing. Now with the success that you've had, and I love this homeschool because I can hear the babies. Um, I can hear them back there. You know, they want attention. With all the success that you have had, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future? So, um, you know, so one of the things that uh, big things that I like to do is I like to put other people on. So when there are opportunities where I can bring more than just my business in, um, I definitely am more than happy to share uh, my con my contacts and connections so that other people can get in. So like, for example, I don't have a production studio, but I know that, you know, if they're looking for, you know, content um, that goes beyond what we can produce, I definitely always partner on with other people. Um, a lot of companies uh, usually want some element of technology to go with the PR, especially now we've been doing a lot of these virtual events and, and virtual activations. So I partner with other small businesses that are in technology who can obviously um, get in through us. Um, and uh, the other way is... Uh, I run a uh, internship program within uh, the company where we take in a few interns to gain work experience. So the way the PR and communications qualifications are structured here is that uh, people need some work experience in order to pass. So that's usually about three to four months of actual work and being placed at a company to show that they've got some level of practical knowledge. So I usually take on um, some interns who will work with us on real campaigns with real clients so that they can get actual work experience. Awesome. Um, yeah, and also the other way I give uh, I give I give back is mentoring and um, making myself available to speak free of charge at events where you know it's either young people who want to find out about more about PR or you know in a space with young women um, or you know just young professionals who want to get a sense of the world of work from you know kind of like positioning themselves how do they brand themselves how do they position themselves on social media in order to be able to attract work opportunities so those are the three ways i usually give back 
No, awesome. And I know your portfolio talks about your tutoring, you know, the youth. And, and it's, a, it's a big thing. Um, I like the show. I have not had maybe one guest who, you know, like, you know what? Giving back. But then we even found a give back that they did. Like giving back is crucial to winning. If you're not giving back, you're either so greedy or you're just not winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I also want to, you know, for those who say, I, I really want to get into PR, I struggle with the money part because it's not just you getting money, it's you being able to pay people. How did you decide like your pay structure for your team? Did you have outside help or are you just really good with money? Tell us about that. That great with money. It's a work in progress. Me, I've structured it is I usually work with independent contractors. So I've I've got a network and then um, I've got um, a couple of permanent um, support uh, staff. So uh, how that works is that I know that with each project where we have a contract, when I cost it out, I look at um, obviously all the potential costs that will come with it, um, some leverage that can go into our savings um, so that we have some, you know, some capital reserves to always pay the support admin staff but uh, with the other, um, with the others, they are independent uh, contractors who are contracted based on the length of the different projects. Okay, okay. And so you guys have heard it. She gets a team um, because money is not necessarily her forte, and they they make it they make it work. I, I almost want to say, you know, could you really kind of like a thirst trap? tell an entrepreneur in South Africa, you know, how much your biggest contract has been per month. But then at the same time, I don't want family to come bother you and say, hey, I heard you get this every day, every week. <laughs> but No, oh no, I've done it liberty to say. Yeah, but I will tell you guys, you, you know, and Melissa's information, her links will be in the description box. You can look at her Instagram and see, that PR has treated her very well. Um, you know, it, it's it's gotten her, you know, covers on magazines and, and different things and posters, flyers. So it's treated very well. If you want to leave the audience with anything, Alyssa, please leave the audience with something, you know, that they can take home. So I think, you know, part of um, the, the, the PR thing, people think it's uh, a, PR is one big moment, right? Um, it's setting up these really big moments. Um, if if there's anything I would leave people with is the understanding that every potential connection uh, with your intended um, audiences is a PR moment. So when you're putting yourself out there on social media, how you interact is a PR moment uh, for you. So with people who are trying to kind of build themselves and position themselves, they just need to be mindful of 
of how they put themselves out there because that's that is important it's laying the foundation uh for yourself um for your future profile no that is that is awesome i i I thank you for coming on and for those who are listening who want to reach out again her information will be in the description box make sure you like share subscribe this is to motivate people to become entrepreneurs to figure out their purpose Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifyGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.